From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. And we're back, baby. We're back. It's been about five weeks, I think. It has. It's I think we a- took a couple weeks off, and then it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a nice little break. Uh, of course, we had, I did have the episode in there, the last episode I recorded on the road, home for the holidays with my son, Caden. That Kaden. was fun. Caden is a very well-spoken 13-year-old. 12 right now, but 12. yes, yep, on his way, on his way very, to 13. Very well spoken for a 12 year old. Yeah, he he did really well. Um, and I think I told you we had some technical dif- difficulties, so mm-hmm. we recorded an episode before that one, <laughs> and that one we were like, that went really well, that was great, and yep. then we lost it. Oh no, <laughs> and then it was like, oh no, so we had to record the second one. And after we recorded that one, we kind of both thought, like, the other one was a lot better. But then when I listened to the episode again, when we when you finally released it, I was like, actually, that turned out really well. I I did a little bit of editing on that one, actually. It's the first episode I've ever edited. It was good, though. Yeah, well, I'm glad. It worked. Good. So we're back today, and um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to revisit, you know, in some ways, it's revisiting our roots a little bit. Sure, yeah. Uh, by the way, I uh, had thought of a pun for this one. One might say that we are back in the saddle, or back on the saddle. Boo. <laughs> Because today we're going to talk about Buster, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, the new Coen Brothers movie. And we had early, early on in the residual culture uh, catalog, we had done a list of our top Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. Where does this lie on your list? I should have probably looked up my list. <laughs> uh, That's all right. Yeah. Would, like, like, t- like top, top or bottom? Like, was this like above average Coen Brothers or below average? Here's the thing. I heard so many good things about Buster Scruggs, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that ruined it for me. It didn't meet that, though, for you, did it? Did not. Yeah. I actually didn't like Buster Scruggs that much. Really? And I'll tell you why, because uh, for those of you that have seen it, it's uh, like six little vignettes that yeah. are all stitched together into one movie. And I think the thing that got me was that it was six little short stories, and it didn't really... There was no nothing that connected them. There, no, something totally connected them, which we'll get to at the end. I totally think they're connected. All right, so that's a good... More than just the theme of being a Western. Yeah, okay. Because so, that is the only thing that like connected them on the surface level, I think. All right, so let's we can talk about that. Um, we'll get there. I also was led to believe that it, that it was particularly funny. It was... <laughs> uh, there were funny moments in that movie, there were but funny it is, a, moments. I would say, a devastating film, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, it's not... It's sad. It's macabre, yeah, it's, for sure. There are some sad moments. There's some this. sad moments. Oh, man, there are some really sad moments. And there's kind of some absurd, interesting, sure. tall tale sure. kind of things as well, but... Uh, so that was that was charming and nice and and all that. I and believe you said off mic once that you heard that this movie was the next evolution of the Coen brothers. I don't did did I say you, that? you told me that you said I heard that this is like the Coen Brothers like next this is like the evolution of them this is like their next this is their evolved form was that me no you you said you heard that from somebody but that's what I mean like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't even remember hearing that that's funny but thank you for reminding me <laughs> um yeah okay so what do you want to do do you want to just jump Let's, right into this I don't want to jump into spoilers right away I kind of want to just talk about like. You know, what what you liked and what you didn't like in general terms. Sure. General terms is that um, I think that even so... Well, hold on. So you think it's below average for Coen Brothers? For me, it is. I thought it was definitely above average. Okay. I also just rewatched um, uh, Inside Lewin Davis. 
Yeah. It bumped up a spot on mine. Yeah? Yeah. I don't okay. know what it, where it was before, but wherever it was, it's going up a spot. <laughs> I feel like that was somewhere in the middle of mine, sure. too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Lewin Davis is very good. I just rewatched it. But Buster Scruggs up there for me, I think. I think it's probably top five. No. And I, one of my best friends, I believe he said it was like his number two potentially mm, movie. Definitely not. No, I wouldn't say top three. I would and say like probably number five. I think it was that specific review where I was like, well, this, this is, this is going to be great. Do you respect this guy's and, opinions? And I don't, I don't. I, not like, anymore? <laughs> when I watched it, I was just kind of thinking like, I was trying to think like what, like where were the moments in there that makes this that good? Which is why it would be interesting to hear from somebody who loved. So if you have thoughts about, if you had particularly thoughts, strong thoughts about um, liking the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, like go to the Facebook page, send us an email. Yes. Like we can even do like listener feedback. Like I, I on think the we're air. gonna, I think we're gonna start like yeah, talking about the Facebook comments and stuff on on air. So leave us those. We'll, we we'll discuss them. Yeah, because I, I would be curious to know what was so amazing about it. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, some of them were charming. I felt like they had different. They were very different. Very different. Very different uh, stories. And at times it was just a little bit, I know that it, like, it's sort of a trope of the Western um, genre that we've talked about before to kind of have slower and like more in-depth kind of conversations. But things just moved a little bit slowly, even for a little short pieces for sure. me. Okay. And then the payoff wasn't always there. I'm not going to say it wasn't there. There were some that were very good. Yes, I will agree with that. There are a couple that I mean and that's the thing about a a vignetted story, right? Is some of them aren't going to be as good as others. Right. Um but yeah, I, I guess we'll just go kind of go through them really quick and then we'll just break right into spoilers yeah. right away. Well, let's just go, you know, as a reminder, if you saw it a while ago, let's just like list them off. So, so first yeah. one's Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yep, first one's Buster Scruggs. Starring uh what's his name? I don't even know. Oh, I can't remember. That's all right. But uh, uh, I, I I really liked that one. That one was nice. That, that was, one was, that was, that was a good opener. I think it that was a good was opener. Like, although it set the tone a little strange because I don't think the rest of them matched that tone. Mm, okay. In terms of comedy, that was the funniest one. Okay. I did. I yeah. I didn't. I didn't think so. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So number one was Buster Scruggs. Uh, number two was like the bank robber. The bank robber. Yep. With, and uh, uh, the Franco. Uh, what's the uh, Pan shot, pan or, man, pan man, or whatever. Like a yeah. guy with pans. Yeah. Yep. So there's a bank robber one. Um, the next one is the traveling showman with Liam Neeson. That's right. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is the prospector. Uh, yes, with, with Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. Yeah. That one was nice. I liked that one. That one was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend had a lot to say about that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Interestingly okay. enough. Yeah. Um, uh, the next one is the caravan. The 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 the, yeah, the, the, long, the moving west. I would say that's the longest one. I think with, that takes up almost like a third a of the movie. Twenty some minute. Um, it's by far the longest one. I, I kept thinking it was going to end, and it didn't. See, but the thing is, I, I like I just watched it this morning. Yeah. And I can tell you that it, if it was longer, it wasn't substantially longer than all the other ones. Really? Okay. It just felt that way, and that's part of my part of your part of the gripe. point. It's just like I felt myself like even looking away. I don't know if it's just my lack of like whatever. I just I was like, all right, keep keep moving. Okay. So that was the guy, yeah, the the, the woman. Uh, um, like, yeah, she's like Her a, brother passes away on the, on on the, wagon the Oregon trail, basically. Yeah, and then it's kind of her dealing with going to Oregon. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is the wagon, like, going w- to- Wagon ride. And yeah. that's the best one. I thought so, too. Yeah, that's by far the best one. I think it certainly had the best character. Oh, my God. That, that, that one- Which was the trapper. 
<laughs> people are like ferrets. Yeah. People are like ferrets. The Trapper was funny. I don't know if he was the best character in the movie, but that was the best one. And we'll get to why that's the best one at the when we get there. But right. okay, so that's a general overview. Um, I would say if I had to rank them, uh, it would definitely be the last one, the the wagon going mm-hmm. to a hotel. Then probably Buster Scruggs, the first one. Then probably the caravan. Then probably Tom Waits, the the prospector. Then the bank robber, and then the traveling showman, with Liam Neeson. I would also rank the traveling showman last. I would probably. I actually might. Um, Even though I don't think the traveling showman was bad. No, absolutely. It had a like. It was by far the slowest one. Like you're just like God. It was this slow. Is just like dragging me through. It, it was like a hot. It was painful to get through, but like, wow, that ending was. We'll get there. But. Yeah. Uh, I also would probably put, I mean, I mean, it's difficult to say which one's my, my top because I did like that last one, but I think just like from another perspective, I think the caravan one was actually probably the the best. The caravan one had the most developed story. Exactly. That's that's kind of why I was thinking like it wasn't necessarily just a snapshot. It actually had a story arc mm-hmm. and like. And, and here's, here's another thing that I would say. I, I this may be like sacrilegious. Um, but I think you could watch this in six different sittings. Like, just sit down and watch one, and then watch definitely. The next. Um, they're all like really good pilot episodes for I think a really good TV show. I think I think like they could, except for the Liam Neeson one, maybe. But they're so different. Yeah, yeah. But I think they could all be different television shows, and they would all be good. I think or like, movies. Yeah, or they could all be movies, and I think yeah. they could all. And I think that was almost what was kind of nice for me is having the vignettes and being like, oh, this could really be something bigger. It could be a television show. It could be a whole movie. But it's not. It's just kind of a slice of life. And I kind of enjoy that sometimes. It was quick. It was digestible. Even though they drug out sometimes, you knew it wasn't going to last an hour. I, I enjoyed it. I, I like vignetted movies as is. Like mm-hmm. my only, The only romantic comedy I like is Love Actually, <laughs> which yeah. is very, very vignette-y. Um, but <laughs> vignette my favorite kind of spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we, should we jump into spoilers or do you want to say well, anything I'll else just, generally? I just want to kind of round out my, if I had to rank order them, you put me on the spot there, but I'm I would sorry. say definitely yeah. top three are going to be uh, Tom Waits, the prospector. Tom Waits is good. Buster Scruggs and the, um, actually the the caravan one. Caravan. Not the wagon. Well, it's, probably it's not the, the, the last two, it's like caravan and wagon. So we're talking about like the, the one with the trapper or the one with the girl? The one, well, the one with the girl, I think, is the, probably. We'll call, it, we'll call it Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. A lot easier. And then the last one is is solid. I think it has my favorite character, which was the trapper. Okay. The trapper. Um, and then I think the other two, the the bank robbery and the, um, the other, our, bottom, our bottom. Yeah. Yeah, bottom tier. Low tier. Um, okay, yeah. And, and, is there? You have any more feelings, or should we just jump into spoilers? Let's just jump into it. All right. Okay. So we're gonna. If you're, if you haven't seen it, that's kind of our initial thoughts. Uh, watch the movie, come back, and listen to our spoilers talking about it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Buster Scruggs. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun way to open. It was a fun way to open, and I think that there was this tension between like the kind of ridiculous, like uh, kind of comedy thing, and then like the violence. Yeah. Well. Okay. They were like. There were some very shocking moments. Like when he just like kicks the the table that was, that was, and it yeah. just like makes the guy shoot himself. Yeah. And he does it like and then he does it like ten times. Like, yeah. Well, you're like, oh gosh. Yeah. It exactly. was I mean very Coen Brothers moment where you're just like, stop. Oh no, it's so Yeah. And they did have the classic I do think that one of the other classic Coen Brothers thing this that they had was the uh the piano player who had yeah. this really interesting like look, just kind of this big uh big guy with a big curly mustache, like you know, kind of looking over on yeah. the scene that had just transpired. Um, yeah, that was nice. 
It was a little. I mean, it was very gory. It was. I mean, like they after they got like so Buster Scruggs like kicks the. He's at a poker table, and the dude like is like, "You can't be here, you know, like what's wrong with you and all this." And well, first of all, he came, he came in, he had to surrender his guns, yep, yep. or whatever, and then he runs into this guy and gets into some trouble, and then the guy uh, pulls a gun on him, and he's like, "You're not allowed to have a gun in here." Yeah, yeah, and the dialogue is is nice. It's like a fun like standoff moment, and then he yeah. kicks the table and like pushes the board up, which bumps the guy's elbow and makes him shoot himself in the head like yeah. three times or yeah. whatever. And uh, then they like zoom in on his head, and you're like, "Oh, jeez." Yeah, and then the guy's brother, yeah, I think, is, which like, is like a little bit kind of gruesome, he, or like, uh, like I felt like that was a little unnecessary. Sure. Well, what do you mean? Like the guy's brother comes in, and he's like, "Hey, you just killed, killed my, my brother. brother." So, and then just kept like looking at the dude's like blown off head, and then being like, "Oh my god!" And you're just like, "Oh, jeez, I don't know." Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so then he challenges him to a duel mm-hmm. or whatever, like out in the streets. Oh god! And then he blows his fingers off. Yeah, one, which was that was just kind of absurd, funny. You know what I mean? Oh, and th- this one is by far the most absurdest one. Yeah. So he just like it's uh, not grounded in reality at all. Right. Raises his hand, blows off five fingers, like and one then, at a time. For, like I think he's shooting behind his back, right? And he's using a mirror. Well, but that's for the final shot because oh, he's yeah. like, I just blew off five of his fingers, so like now you know I only got one bullet left. So where's it gonna be? I better be careful. And he's like, looks in the mirror and then puts it over his shoulder. And he's like, well, okay. In the mirror, his heart would be on the, you know, the, yeah. on the right because it's really on the left. But I'm actually going backwards and upside down. The gun's upside down. So, yeah. Yeah. Moments of reflection. Yes. And then the better gunslinger comes into town, which is a total uh, nod to Once Upon a Time in the West, mm-hmm. the harmonica playing of yeah, Charles yeah. Bronson. Also, that guy. Yeah. A friend of our friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. Yeah. That's Phil's friend. Or like I don't know if it's his friend, but Phil's interviewed them several times. Really? Yeah. Didn't he, know that. Yeah, he's like a he's like a guy from like Northern California. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so we are so we're basically connected. Yeah. To you know the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> we know the Coen Brothers. Yeah. That's, you uh, heard it here first, folks. The Coen Brothers are our brothers. That's right. We're in the family. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that happens, and then the guy comes, and uh, I did like the kill scene. With Buster when Shrugs. Buster gets killed, yeah, where he's like, "Oh, that's not supposed to happen." Uh, he takes his hat off. Remember that? That's yeah, he the, takes the his shot hat off. where he's like, "It was, it was kind of fun." Looks at the hole in his hat, and then he like flies away as an angel. So that that also you could see that in the Hudsucker Proxy, which is um, one of my other. It was not only underrated, but one of my favorite Coen Brothers. For movies. your birthday last year, I got you an original script of the Hudsucker. That's right, Proxy. yeah, and the Hudsucker Proxy. That was like the coolest gift I ever got. Uh, <laughs> it was a, definitely a very cool gift. I, when I saw sure. that, I was like, "This is neat." Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the same, the same thing happens, uh, there when this guy, well, whatever, don't want to spoil anything for the <laughs> Hudsucker proxy, but this, and the funny thing I remember is like the wing action yeah. was the same. Total same, yeah. It's totally the same. Yeah. It, I liked the music in that one too. I mean, like it's meant to be a, like a musical and sure. like it's not like when he's like going up into heaven and he's singing about like not being the best gun in the West anymore. You're like, oh, I, this is like a nice song and everything yeah the songs were part of the storytelling sure. which was which was cool so yeah that's Buster Scruggs I liked that one I thought it was fun um it was by far like the most different one from everything else like the other ones like definitely took a different tone yeah to a certain degree yep yep, yep. so okay yeah that one was good um I, I didn't really have any major problems with it other than it was a little gruesome but like yeah it's, sure that's no I actually brothers. <laughs> I actually felt like that was a pretty good one yeah. yeah uh okay so then we go on to the bank robber this one was 
Uh, one of the weaker ones. I'd say the bottom two. It was, but it, but I think th- running throughout all of them, I don't want to jump to like all of them, but I do think that this one had some also very memorable um, the pan guy. scenes or whatever. You know, like like long shots, yeah. for example. The cinematography in this one was nice because it was looking out on the planes. Exactly. Yeah. So you get these really nice long shots and, uh, you know, riders approaching in the distance. Um, and I really liked it's well, let's just go through it and then we can uh, we can get to it. But there's one scene in particular that was really, really kind of fun. Which one? Uh, sorry, it's when he's he's so let's jump jump forward a little bit. Yep. But he's he's um, sitting on his horse. He's been arrested oh, for robbing yeah. the bank, yeah. and um, he's on his horse, and the noose is tied around his neck, <laughs> and uh, his horse starts inching forward because like well something else happens, but he's just he left gonna, there. He was going to be hung, and then everyone around him gets killed, and he was just left there on a horse. Yeah, he's left there on his horse, and then his horse starts eating little patches of grass that are further and further away. Further and further away. <laughs> So then they do this kind of time lapse thing where like his neck is just you know you this strung up to the tree a little bit and it's like the horse keeps getting a little bit further and further away. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, a nice shot. Good shot. Um, I really enjoyed like the beginning of that one when he goes to rob the bank. Sure. Like he's talking about the guys like you ever been robbed. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, he's like a really happy. Crazy times, he's crazy like, business. Like, yeah. He was actually maybe my favorite character. He was good. Yeah, he was very good. The bank, because t- he was so like positive and jovial and goofy. Yep. And then he gets robbed. Yep. Or he tries to rob him. Yeah. And I love, he has three shotguns set up behind the counter under the thing so he can shoot the guy's legs off. Yeah. And he misses. Yep. And then James Franco runs away. And hides behind like a like the only well. like a well that's like out in front of the in front of the bank. And then the guy like comes sprinting out, covered in pots and like cast iron cast pots iron and pots and pans. Yeah. And he's just like running him, and James Franco's shooting at him, and it just bounce. And he's like, "How, how dare you rob the bank?" Well, no, because he, he says like he keeps yelling at him. He's kind of teasing him, and he says like, "Pan shot, pan shot, yeah. like yeah, you can't yeah. hit me," you know? Yeah, that was a very absurdist moment. And then he just walks right up to him and slaps him in the face, knocks him out. Yep. And then he wakes up on the tied to the noose. Another noose, yeah. And yeah. then he was like, first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh, was a, that was different. Yeah. No, that was later. That was later, yeah. Because then he, yeah. So that's he, a, that's he, a different he, time. he ends up on the horse and then he gets saved by like a rancher. Yep. And then they get... The, and turns out the rancher is is cattle rustling. Yep. Which means that he then gets arrested again and is gonna be hung again. And then he looks to the guy to his right and he's like, first time. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees this woman. Yep. And he's looking at her and she's like, this is the most beautiful woman. And you're like, oh, he's gonna get saved. And then he just gets hung. Yep. The and end. then the, the hood goes over the head and dead. Yeah, it was fine. It was, I don't know. It, uh, the pan was funny. Like the pan guy was funny. He was funny. But it took a long. That one was long. That one was like, okay, this is going on a while. Yeah, but I still felt like that one moved, like <laughs> faster than the others. Well, it like had like a like it had a two act. Real, I mean, the third act was thirty yeah. seconds of him getting hung. Yeah, that one had a little bit more of an arc too. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I, I guess I enjoyed the like he sees this like beautiful woman. And you're like, oh, he's going to get saved, and then yeah, she kind of smiles at him, and you're like, okay, she's gonna save him. Yeah, you know? and but then nope, just I kind of enjoy the futility of that. Like, yeah, you did wrong. Yeah. yeah, this fleeting moment of you it, know. It reminded me a little bit of of, of um, No Country for Old Men, and in a different way, sure. but kind of the message of you never get out of your debts. Like you know, ne- you always have to pay your debts or pay back to society in some way or another. Sure, right? Sure. It's not about the debt; it's about the principle, mm-hmm. which is you know, Chigurh is like the embodiment of the devil. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, okay, so yeah, that one was fine. It, you, you said it moved. I thought it was just a little bit like. I guess I get the point of it, like I said at the end, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it hit home as well as it could have. All right. Especially like him hanging out on the horse took a while. It did, but that's what happens. Fine. If yeah. you're just left out there that's, on a horse. Yeah. I mean, so that that was fine. And I think they did a good job of kind of time lapsing and, sure. you know, showing that. Yeah. So that one was fine. Yep. Uh, the next one is the traveling showman, and this is both of our least favorite. Yeah, but only because there's 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 only because there's better ones. Yeah, exactly. And and so okay, fine. This one is um, Liam Neeson, <clears throat> one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Yeah, actually, like Liam Neeson's like that was yeah with a question mark. Yeah. No, like uh, Liam Neeson's great. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I love um, him. interesting. Yeah. Top, one of my top actors, really. Huh. Um, just because oh, Qu- Qui Gon Jinn is the best character in Star Wars. Yikes! Uh, <laughs> Yikes! Um, uh, yeah, so he's there. So he's this showman, and he, his the show that he's putting on is this. Um, uh, uh, does he have a Does he have a name? I don't think so. He's like I, this. Do we get a name? Kid, he's this kid from England who is a quadriplegic. Yeah. So quadriplegic, and the at least the story he tells the audience is that he found him on the streets of London, and you know he can't take care of himself because he's got no arms, no legs. So like, he just carts him around and uh, sets up the show, and he's 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 an orator, right? He's he like reads stories. Yeah, reads reads stories, uh, dramatic, uh, you know, sort of recitals. Yeah, you know, for as a show. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is great. He does like the, what, he does like the Emancipation Proclamation or he does... He, he re- yeah, but he also does Ozymandias like some, he and, does Ozymandias and some poetry and yeah, stuff. Yeah, some other poetry. Yeah. And so, it's almost no, the only dialogue in this yeah. one is basically him reading, which I think is a little bit grueling to get through. You're kind of just like, by the third time he's reading Ozymandias, you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to this a third... Like, it could, it didn't have to be that long, but, like, they almost go through all of Ozymandias three times, and yeah. you're like, please stop. <laughs> yeah, and they keep just having these little... Um, the way that they stitched that one together was literally just, like, like these little cut shots of, like, fleeting shots of, like, lines from his performance, and it kind of just repeated, like... The same. Three or four times, like over and, and over, and it wouldn't just be like thirty seconds of the minute performance. Which, it would be like three minutes of the performance. Which I get it, right? They're trying to develop this idea of like this is what it's like every night. They have to grind through this thing, and it seems like the audience is getting smaller and smaller it, and, it and does. smaller. As right? the winter comes, like the, there's like four people like watching at the end. Yeah, right. But, the first the first show there was like twenty. But then, so this goes on, and then they're in a in a town uh, one night, and. Liam Neeson notices like this big crowd of people yeah. who like are going crazy for some other act in town. So he goes over there and it's a chicken. That can do math. <laughs> a mathematical chicken. They call it the, what is it, the uh, the calculating cuckoo or I've No, no, there's another name for a chicken and I forget what it a is. Cock? But it, no, but it's 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 not that, but uh something like that. Uh, but anyways, it's so this chicken is like a huge success. Yeah, everyone's like so, looking at they're like eight times three. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, twenty seven minus eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so that he buys the chicken. Well, I, I think before we get to the end, you have to talk about there are scenes in between the very long, grueling Ozymandias readings where Liam Neeson is like feeding this boy and mm-hmm. he's helping him go to the bathroom and like. You know, he is taking care of this guy who's like, like you know, does definitely does not have as a short end of the stick in life. Yeah. But then Liam Neeson also, you kind of feel for him. You know, you're like, oh, I feel bad for Liam Neeson's character. And then 
there's like a point where he goes to a brothel and he brings the kid into the room with him and he just turns him around and the kid just kind of sits there and has to listen. listen. But so you kind of feel for both of them and you're kind of, it's kind of a sweet relationship until the chicken comes along. (laughs) And then at the end, he just looks at this ravine. Well, yeah, they're traveling along. So now the chicken has joined them in the, in the wagon. Yeah. So like in the back of the wagon is the, the kid and the chicken. Yep. And then, yeah, Liam Neeson just, like, stops the horse at this ravine. Um, some railroad tracks, I think, are going uh, over the... Yeah, yeah. Or like a, a little bridge or whatever. And uh, he just gets off the gets off the wagon and he just picks up a big stone and goes over to the, the ravine and, like, throws it in. Kind of, like, nods approvingly because the stone, the stone sunk to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to the wagon and, like, looks in the back of the wagon. Looks at the kid. And then it cuts to a shot of just him in the wagon with just a chicken. Yep. And that's <laughs> And you're like, oh my God. Yeah, threw him over. Just got rid of him. You know? Oh uh, like the harshness of you gotta make a buck, man. Yes, that one was brutal. You know, the chicken the chicken wins. But do, do you can I think this one deserves to be talked about though. Sure, sure. Because what do you think the message is there? I think the message is just like what what's what can seem like caring is really just for yourself, right? Like it's all just to make money, it's all capitalism. It's it's it's. At first, you're like these guys have a relationship. It's sweet, even though they like barely talk. They sure. almost don't talk in the entire thing, other than the Ozymandias readings that never end. Um, but they have a relationship, and it's very sweet. And like there are parts that are hard, like the brothel, like you know. But there are parts where again, like he's feeding this guy, like he has to feed him, he has to make him go, help him go to the bathroom. It's, it is. Sad, but it's very I don't, sweet. So, so here's the thing, though. I don't know that it's necessarily sweet. You it's know what I mean? Tr- because it's like it's trying, right? Yeah. It's grueling. It's like this existence, and it's it's a very instrumental relationship. Like the kid gets from Liam Neeson, a life. like he's totally dependent, he right? To, he gets I mean, to live basically everything. Yeah, everything. And then he gets to live because he's also providing this like this thing for the the entertainer, like Liam Neeson. So like. He's earning money for both of them by mm. being having this skill of oration or mm-hmm. whatever. But then I, I almost feel like there's another message in there about just the arts and culture and what gets popular. Like, oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. Because there's this that, kind yes. of like classic literature and poetry and like, which is really dramatic and like beautifully written. It takes, it takes so much, you know, skill to be able to memorize all that and yeah. pull it off and perform it. And then there's just this damn chicken. Stupid chicken. <laughs> it just like goes around and dings a bell that can do, it does math. It's like, it's like if you watch like Synecdoche, New York and you're like, this is art. And then you like look <laughs> over and, and your, your friends are like, let's watch, um, let's watch Jersey Shore. Yeah. It's yeah. Ba- I, that's how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, some <laughs> great love tale. And they're like, no, The Bachelor. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> New season just started, by the way. It's rough. I watched. I, I actually watched a little bit of it. Oh, it's horrible. I can't watch. It's, it's bad. So again. bad. This season's bad. Let's not get off base. Okay. Because I, I think there's this <laughs> profound message in the Liam Neeson thing, which is about show business and like, what the, do you, what have you done for me lately? Cut kind throat. of stuff. Really cutthroat. But then, especially then, you put it in the context of of the West when like resources are even more scarce. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah constant battle and it's uh it's a uh, sort of uh yeah people literally just get thrown away 
Yep. You know? Didn't matter. Which is what happened to the guy. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? I, I, I know I should have probably led with this because um, – but – as we talk about this more, I'm starting to change my perspective on this movie. I was about to say, bit. like, you came in and you said you didn't like it, and I'm like, you haven't said anything. That oh, okay. Let me let me clarify my stance. As a movie in the Coen Brothers catalog, in the canon of Coen Brothers, it still I don't think ranks up there in mine. I don't. Even, it's certainly not even top five. Um, I'd say it, I, I, I think it's five for me. But but I, what I'm saying is like I think now. You know, if you can think about it a little bit more, because like I said, I just finished it like whatever, like an hour three ago. hours ago or whatever. <laughs> Two hours ago. Um, but yeah, you know, you let it seek, sink in a little bit more, and uh, nice. you know, I'm starting to appreciate it a little bit. Okay, that's all good. Right. I, I I watched it like uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's good. Anything else to say about Liam Neeson's the the showman? Uh, I just love Liam Neeson, but he was a jerk in this one. Sign of a good actor. Yeah, you can play lovable. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite Liam Neeson's roles is him in Love Actually. <laughs> He's right. great in that movie. Right. That's the second time you brought up Love Actually. I'm going to have to cut you off pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so The Showman. All right. So next is uh, Tom Waits and The Prospector. Love it. Loved it? I, I do. I like it. Why I, not? I, I liked it. What, what? Okay. Can we get... So uh, Alex, Alexis... Uh, Alexa? Alexa? Did I say Alexis? Yeah. Ale- <laughs> my girlfriend, Alexa. It's funny because as I was saying, I was like, Alexis's? And I was like, wait, that doesn't Alexa's. sound right, first of all. But Alexa's perspective on this, what did she have to say about it? Oh, so, <laughs> well, so this one is sweet and beautiful, first yes. of all. It's just this gorgeous valley, and it is like, no, it's like nature. And so we're going through it, and I want to go through it before I talk about all Alexa's right, opinion. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, Tom Waits also, I love Tom Waits' music movies. He's, He's always like a really weird, like, oh, Tom Waits is in this movie? Yeah, no, he's great. Um, he's like the best part of Seven Psychopaths. That movie's not very good, but he's very good in it. Um, uh, but so he's this prospector, and he's just with his donkey, and that's just the two of them. And he comes upon upon this uh, green corner of a canyon somewhere. It's just this gorgeous, like Colorado, like canyon with like this beautiful river in the middle of it, and yep. nature is just all like there's eagles and badgers and owls. Owls, yeah. Uh, closest thing I ever saw to that was in um, right outside of Bend, Oregon. Uh, like only in the summer, you can only access this one trail that goes up oh, yeah. for like. It's like two months of the year mm-hmm. or whatever. So Hoberta and I did that trip. You follow the river the whole way up. And then when you get to the top, it's like melted sort of like uh, lakes and stuff that sure. are untouched. It's so beautiful. There's a place actually kind of north of here called Dog Valley that's very like that. Very nice. much like that. But it's it's very tough to get to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's just, just untouched, like in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no one around. There's and a big elk. A big elk, yeah. And he's like panning for gold. And you kind of go through the process. And I actually really enjoyed that. They that showed nice. the entire... Yeah. Panning for gold process. You know what's funny about that? We took a trip, uh, like an elementary school trip or middle school trip, and we all got to like pan for gold. So yeah. they, they taught us how to do it. And I did stuff. that when I was a kid too. Yeah, kind of. I think that's a thing. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And so he figures that he finds a vein. Yeah. And he's he spends like I don't know, like a week probably or something. And, you know, kind of shows him. He steals some eggs from a bird after and it's the owl, right? The owl, Cause, yeah. Because he climbs up to the tree and the owl's like looking at him. He's like, "I'll just take one." Yeah, just <laughs> one. He's like, "Birds can't count, anyways." Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Although I thought that would have that didn't really kind of. I I thought that him taking that egg from the owl would kind of have repercussions. I thought the owl was so there might be some other symbolism to the owl because, well, I do know. Well, okay, fine. So the owl represents being wise. 
Well, wise, mm-hmm. yeah, but also in native cultures, it can be a symbol of death. Like, oh, really? death is coming. I didn't know that. Yeah, which is very interesting, right? Okay. Now, if I think about it that way, it's a little bit even more interesting. Okay. So anyway, he gets, he figures out the gold vein, and then he finds the big vein of gold, and then... Yeah, he goes to sleep every night. He's just like, Mr. Pocket. Mr. Pocket. Right, Mr. Pocket of gold pocket or whatever. Of gold. And so he starts digging down straight up Minecraft style. Yeah. Like looking for gold and he finds it and then he sees this sort of wavering of the sunlight yeah. and he kind of he has this moment of realization like someone has been tracking me and they're behind me. And sure enough, cut to another shot and there's like this sort of figure dressed in black, this young kid dressed in black who's got a gun there, shoots him in right the in the back. Right? Just once. Just once. And then there's this really long, drawn-out shower where the kid just, like, sits there. Just stares at him dead. Stares at him, rolls a cigarette, mm-hmm. like, starts smoking. And, and so, hold on. At, this is the point where Alexa went, I thought we could have a happy one. <laughs> She's like, can we just have a happy one? Well. Like, why not? She was, after the Liam Neeson one, she was so upset. Yeah, And now she watches this one, she's like, this is so nice. And then yeah. he gets shot, and she's like, of course. Oh, it's funny, because Hoberta gave up uh, during Buster Scruggs when the five fingers got shot off. Oh, she didn't make <laughs> she it. She made said, it like, just like 10 minutes do you want to watch this anymore? And she's like, no, I don't want to watch this anymore. She made it like 10 minutes into Because I told her I thought it was supposed to be funny, you know? And then she's like, I yeah, I thought it this was going to is... be funny, too. It was not a funny movie. And then she says, she says, uh, uh, but it's Coen Brothers, so of course it's going to be violent. I'm like, that's not necessarily true. I mean, some of their movies are violent, but not all of you know. Like I'm thinking. I mean, not yeah. Not, I mean, not all of them are violent, but right, exactly. They do anyway. lean on the theme of violence quite frequently. It was another evolution, except for their first film. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, but here's the other thing: during that scene, when he's lying there, when well, when the kid is rolling the cigarette, there's also the owl returns to its nest. Oh, remember that? I like this. This is cool. It's so, but now I'm trying to think. So then I was thinking like that owl's gonna come and get this kid. Like there's some other sure something else is gonna happen. Like the owl's gonna come, and I was picturing some you know ridiculous thing where the owl comes and plucks all, his all, eye out. All or the whatever. nature like attacks him. Yeah, like nature would. Yeah, that's actually what I thought it was gonna be because it was untouched nature, and then the weights is just digging it all up. I right? feel like pro- he definitely respected the nature still, like, even though he was digging. He had this respect for where the land he was in, which I kind of enjoyed to an extent. He did. He didn't have to take all the eggs from the owl, mm-hmm. and he only took one, right? Mm-hmm. So that's true. He's like, maybe just one for today, you know, because yeah. I have to eat. Yeah. Um, so he was. Uh, he was sort of like a Tom Bombadil type character. Yeah. You know? Oh, Tom Bombadil, my favorite <laughs> character from The Hobbit. Uh, so anyway, so then what happens? So then the, the kid is there, and then finally the kid jumps down to go move Tom Waits out of the, the hole that he's dug to try and get some gold. And what happens? Tom Waits isn't dead. Tom Waits is not dead. He gets up and eventually a scuffle ensues and he ends up killing the kid. Yeah. And then he gets the gold. Yeah. And he's like, because he shot him through the back, but he's like, he missed all, he's like, you only got guts, you know, like it didn't hit anything vital, yeah. you know? So he's, he's like, like, you didn't get anything vital. Yeah. Which is like, you know, and I think, did he say something about guts? He kept saying the kid was a coward. He's like, you follow me, you make me do all the work, and then you shot me in the back. Yeah. Like, you know, you. I forget what he was calling him. He, he referred him coward. Yeah, coward, but definitely coward. And then he ends up like like cleaning the wound in the river. Yep. And patching himself up and yep. then getting some gold and leaving. Loading up the the beast of burden, his donkey. So it, it it did lucky. have a it did have a happy ending. It, well, I guess yeah, I guess. I mean, so. I guess the yeah. kid died. The kid died, yeah. But he was a bad guy. And the nature's all dug up with a bunch of mm-hmm. gold mounds or yeah. 
But he did fill them in, except for the one big one, the right? Big one, but he did fill in the other ones, yeah. So that one was nice. It was beautiful. That one was like it made it made me want to go camping. <laughs> it was. It did. It made me want to go for a hike for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went. Yeah, that was good. I went for a hike yesterday, and birds ate really? out. Really? And birds ate out of my hand. Nice. I went. I went snowshoeing in the mountains yesterday. I was gonna say because it rained here, right? Or maybe not yesterday. Today, no, yesterday it's was great. Today. Yeah, but yeah, I, I went for a hike yesterday, and I had some birds to eat out of my hand. It was it was really cool. Nature, man. Up in the mountains. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one was nice. Um, I, I just felt like that one was kind of like simple. It was a simple story. Simple story. By far the most simple one, I think. Yep. But that's okay. But yeah, so that's that's the Tom Waits one. Um, and then we've got the uh, caravan. The caravan. The, 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 the Oregon, Oregon Trail. Trail. Yep. Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. This one is like a whole... Yeah, do we, I don't even know if we have to go through everything. I don't think like, we have to go through it. Let's Basically, just assume people have seen it at this okay. point. Basically, she goes, her brother dies on the way to Oregon. The, one of the guides falls in love with her and proposes to her. And then... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, oh, she's got a dog the whole time. It's super annoying. And, well, like, they, <laughs> they keep, like, being like, it's going to die, and then it doesn't die. <laughs> well, it's funny, because the guy's, you know, the dog keeps barking. Yeah. And then the guy's, like, some people have been asking about the dog. Exactly. And she's like, no, it's not my dog. It was my brother's dog. So I don't care. Go ahead and kill the dog. So he takes the dog off, you hear the tries shot. to shoot it like three times, and then he comes back. He's like, well, you know, the dog moved right when I pu- pulled the trigger or whatever, so I missed him, and I don't think I hit him at all. He ran away. And then so the dog, and he's like, the dog's going to follow us because it's the food source or whatever. So, you know, whatever. That comes back into play later. Yeah. Um, so the dog is kind of always in the background. Sure. Um, yeah. Boy, the end of this one was rough. So like... They, she had like they're engaged at a certain point. They decide to get engaged because it's just it works out well for both of them. And it seems like they Through like some, actually like each other too, which is also nice. Very charming, and actually, I liked this one better because there was like better character development. So Kazan mm-hmm. was yeah. was really good. She was the main lead. Yep, the girl exactly. Um, she had a good like. I thought they did a really good job with her like makeup and wardrobe too. Mm-hmm. Like I actually think like she was a very like. Faithfully, at least what I would imagine, like this was like what a woman moving to to like a young woman moving to Oregon would look like, and yeah. and how she would act too. Sure, absolutely, and the kind of uncertainty at the road at the end and yeah. all that stuff, and what why she was going in the first place. Yeah. So and, and there's two guides. The one guide falls in love with her, and the other one's like the grizzled old guide who's just been doing this his whole life. Yeah. Uh, so then fast forward, lots of really good character development in there, I think. Yeah, Let's like just the proposal, and then they kind of are like hang out. I think he gives her some cheese. <laughs> yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Then they're stopped one day, and like uh, the old grizzled guy's checking on the caravan, and he's like, wait, where's the where's the woman? What's where's I forget what her name yeah. was. Uh, Mrs. Longenbottom. Oh, Longenbau or yeah, something Mrs. like Longabau. that. Longenbau. Um, and the guy's like, oh, I heard, the, you know, she heard the dog barking like over yonder or yeah. whatever. So she's probably over there. So he goes and looks for her. He and, was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then he goes up and looks and she's just like there with the dog laughing because there are prairie dogs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which is really cute. It's fun. I remember seeing prairie dogs too. What was that? I've never seen prairie dogs. Montana or no, it was, uh, North Dakota, That's South cool. Dakota, South Dakota. You've been there? Yeah. Drove across the country, Do man. Do people live there? Definitely. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's great if you ever get the chance. Drive across the country. I would love to. I would love to. It's uh, it's it's you know, it's uh, it's good. See yeah. the see the land change. Yes. yes. Um, but anyways, uh, then the guy's just kind of nervous, and he's like, "You gotta." Is then finally he's like, "You gotta get down." And he sees um, the Native American, the Native American sort of chief or like warrior or yeah. whatever, who's off in the distance, and he's like, 
is you it. Know, that's it. This you is know, our, we're, this is our final stand. We're, we're into a, we're in for a fight or whatever. So he starts preparing for this like battle. She's like, "What are you talking about? There's only one of them." He's like, yeah, "Keep your eyes fixed on that horizon." You know. And then like thirty of them show exactly. up on horseback. A lot more people show up, and then um, like this big battle happens. He's like shooting at them. They're shooting at him. Well, the th- the important the other one important thing here is that he gives her a, a pistol. Yeah. And basically says, "Well, she's like, I don't want to kill anybody," and he's like. It's not for them. It's for us, right? Like if we get captured uh, or, you know, he's like, I'm going to do all I can to, you know, get us out of this mess. But at the same time, like, you know, if if we get caught or if I'm going to lose this battle, I'm going to kill myself and then I'm going to kill you because yeah. it's going to be better. And if than... I get killed, then you need to kill yourself. Exactly. And so he sets this up, this kind of like grim tale of Here, here's what's going to happen. So battle rages on. It's very, very cool yeah, it a is a cool b- battle. battle scene it's or very whatever. Very well done. Yeah, they come they they come around twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then it look he, he wins. I mean, well, it looks, it looks like, like, they, like he's gonna. It looks like he's got. Um, it looks like he's gonna lose. Mm-hmm. And so finally, then he's like down, and then one of the Native Americans comes over and is about to finish him off, basically with a knife. So it picks up his head, but then he's still alive and he shoots him yep. right dead. Then he goes back to get the girl because, like, at that point he's fo- he's fought off all of them, you know, everybody, and he's like, "All right, we have time to get back or whatever." Um, and, and she he, and she she killed herself. Yeah, shot herself in the head. The tragedy, tragic. That one, like, when it when that one ended, I like I knew where it was going. When he handed her the gun, I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I'm like, "No, no, I know exactly." Like, he's gonna win, and she's gonna kill herself. Well, and then he goes back, and the dog, right? He's walking, and the dog is there, and then like her fiance is kind of approaching in the distance. And he's, and he's just like, like, and the the title of that one's like, uh, "Mr. So and So didn't know what he would say to, yeah, you know, the guy." Yeah, uh, there's a, the Abbott two the two guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty devastating. Yep. You're like, oh no. Um, yep. That one had a lot of character development. I thought that one was gonna end like three or four times, mm-hmm. and then it finally ended. I was like, oh, it's gonna end now because he proposed. Oh, it's gonna end now because they're they've they're made their way. And then like she's missing, and then I was like, oh, she's gonna end now. She's just gonna be missing. Nope. Now it's gonna end. Yeah. It's still like, ha- when it's... when they saw the chief, I was like, that's when it's gonna end. And then nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> then the battle happens. Then it ended. Yeah. So it did have like for me it felt like it took a while. Yeah. I think it was the longest one. That, I, I do think it that was. That probably was the longest one. But that one was really good. It was nice. That one would have made a really good movie. Yep. I agree. Um that one No was, no controversial opinion here. The yes. Full, most fully realized one. Exactly, cuz it had the it had a, a, like a full story arc. Yeah. I like the other ones did too. Don't get me wrong, like the, like the, the Tom the Waits one, more simplistic story yeah. arcs. This one had like a actual like complicated. It like, felt longer and characters. bigger. Yeah, there was a lot more like. It wasn't as like honed in on one. Sure. Either one character or, like a town. Yeah. You know, it was. So the last one, the best one. Yeah, I'm not sure anymore. It's but, the best. But okay, one. all right. It, it 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 is, it is the first twenty minutes of the Hateful Eight done right. Okay. The first twenty minutes of the Hateful Eight. No, the first, like, 35 minutes of The Hateful Eight is these people in a caravan having discussion and tension is building. Yep. That's this one, too. Yep. Except this one's better. I did I did like this one. It's so good. Like, basically, like, there's two bounty hunters, <laughs> there's a wealthy lady, 
whose husband may be cheating on her. She's not, mm, not really sure. At least the other gentlemen uh, suggest so. that to uh, her. There is a really gross trapper who is hilarious. He's great. And then there's like a really proper Frenchman who's also really funny. He's more of like the French intellectual kind of guy. Yeah, you know, he's kind of he, a jerk. But like, yeah, and he's like, oh, no, love is it's different for everyone. Yeah. Love does not exist and yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. And so that's 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 interesting. So the three... so. There are the two hitmen, or the yep. two bounty hunters. Bounty hunters. And then there are the three other people on, on the other side. And the three other people are kind of bickering, and there's fighting, and all this, like, the one woman has a panic attack, mm-hmm. because they're like, your husband like is probably not faithful to you, and all this stuff. And the, the trapper the whole time is just like... he He's great, because actually, the, <laughs> there's the, the original thing where somebody's talking, or singing, right? And then uh, they wake him up. He, like, wakes up, and he's like... Actually, you did not wake me up because I was not sleeping. <laughs> He's like, well, clearly you were. And then he launches into this big tail, but he continuously contradicts himself. Like, And also it's like horribly com- convoluted. Yeah. Exactly. It's super funny. Which is why it's great. And then he comes to the conclusion that all people are ferrets. Yeah. Like, that's it. You know, all people are the same. You know, they're all ferrets. And well, that's what starts Everyone the... has a very uh, black and white, a very like the, the dichotomy of people. One is like, you either love or you don't. Or the other, the other lady's like, you're either rich or you're not. Yeah, and but she says you're either a, a holy person or a sinner. Oh yeah, holy. So person. she's like, I have it on good authority from you know the Holy Bible, you yeah. know, and this other doctor who's my my husband or whatever, yeah. who gives lectures. He's a spiritual improvement. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. He was, uh, that was funny. Guru. But, yeah. And then the hit like so they're bickering the whole time, and the hitmen kind of are like, "Let me tell you a story." <laughs> yeah. And they basically scare the crap out of these people. Right. They're right. Just like or like. We don't really mess around, but like they're they're jolly guys too, which is I think is what like makes it so unsettling, right? They're so, like they don't take death seriously, right? They're, they're and and one of them is mm-hmm. um um is played by Brendan Gleeson, who I think is like a yeah, fantastic actor. Definitely, definitely. They, the only problem I have with this one is the ending. Actually, I think it should have just ended when they got there. That's what I was thinking, because there's this weird kind of thing that happens at the end where they finally arrive mm-hmm. and the two bounty hunters get the body off the top. Oh yeah, they had a dead body on uh, top. Dead the body on the top, and they were trying. They were um, debating who the dead, bo- what room the dead body was going to stay in. Yeah, you know, because he's like, no, you know, seriously though, it should go in your room. So then they're like trying to haul the dead body up Just the like stairs. Lung- yeah, it's like in, it's like wrapped up and stuff. Yeah, and then the Frenchman is outside. They're all kind of like afraid to go into this building because of like this horrifying tale that they were told by the bounty hunters. And then yeah. they finally like just go in, and then that's it. Yeah. I think it should have ended when they arrived at the hotel. Not like there was like a good five minutes after where they kind of like lurked outside the hotel, wondering if they should go in with the bounty hunters or not. Yeah, this one just built tension in a masterful way. Like this the, is like the like very well done, like written wise. The tension was 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 there, and there was also like especially as the the debate was heating up, like in the stagecoach or whatever they. They did these kind of like series of cuts to make even kind of heighten the tension mm-hmm. as well. And like the really panic nice. attack and then like yeah, yeah, and yeah. the singing. Yes. Like the, the, the yeah. two, well, they're Irish. The, the bounty hunters are Irish and then they like, they sing. Right. And so, um, yeah, it was just, it was fantastic, I thought. Interesting. All right. What, so here's the thing I want to know. What's your thread that runs through everything? That the, the, the fantasy of the West is not, is, is not real all of these all of these things had this idealistic fantastical view of the west and it was all destroyed in front of their eyes in a tragic way buster scruggs is like this potent gunslinger great singer and then he gets outgunned the the liam neeson is is this like 
the the fantastical like idea of the, the romantic view of the West of like going across and showing the people like this show and it's so interesting and then it it, it ends because it's and like you're like oh it's the, the darkness underneath it this romantic view of being a showman in the West is not actually romantic right the the prospector and like finding the gold and then getting shot in the back and betrayed the 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 caravan and like the struggles of going west and kind of the like romantic view of like going as a group and then one of the people gets killed that's a, like the love interest and the wagon of 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 everybody you know going to a place and they're kind of the wealthy bourgeois version of the west right and then they kind of realize at the end like these people that we're with are not people that we should be hanging out with like even though we all disagree as a trapper uh, a religious woman and a and a pompous Frenchman, these these hitmen are we have we're in over our heads and this is not somewhere that is a good place. Their view of like my husband's over here teaching is not realized and it's kind of it, I think the whole point of the movie is to show like this romantic view we have of the West is 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 not accurate. I can get behind that to a certain degree. And he, and here's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I think it fails to do that because it still romanticizes the West. But it see I because but the premise of your uh assessment I think is a little flawed because I think one of the things so I, I, I don't I don't disagree that there's a certain uh segment of the audience or whatever that may have this romanticized view of the West as like everything was great and these are the halcyon days, you know, when people had character and all that stuff. But I think that all that character is like a recognition that a lot of it was a struggle and that it was not yeah. easy, you mm-hmm. know, and that like death was kind of everywhere. Yeah. So I think that part of the, that is like that kind of uh, that rugged individualism that they they sort of romanticize beyond just like everything was rosy. It's just more about like that character and like being a strong individual in the face of nature and other, you know, hardships. other other hardships or other forces that are trying to take what's yours mm-hmm. you know I, I just but, but so, okay, so what's the flaw in my argument well just the, the fact that like oh, I, I would just right. I would just parse your your premise a little bit you, you know because because what I think what all the vignettes are doing is they're showing like that it was harsh yeah you yes. know and that everything was not even if it is a tall tale like that guy dies yeah you know or even if it is the rugged individual who's out like looking for gold on his own like yeah but you know what also happened is like he got somebody was training you trailing you and they shot you in the back because they're he was a coward or whatever well I, I think that's the message that all six of them tie together mm-hmm. other than the fact that they're all westerns yeah and i think that that's good i liked that i, I don't think it actually achieves it to its fullest degree because i think it still actually romanticizes the west a little bit it does but i think that it's I appreciate that it's trying. And I, I think that's why it's not like, I don't think that this is like a masterpiece. I think it was a good movie though. I enjoyed my time with it. And yeah. I enjoyed the message of don't it's, over romanticize the West. Yeah. It's, um, it's difficult for me. Because, <laughs> it's difficult for me because I'm, I'm also trying to assess it compared to like other little collections of vignettes. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, so I, cause I don't like, it's putting me in a weird spot and I'm struggling on the podcast because what's happening is it's still the same directors. It's still Coen Brothers all the way through, 
but it's like fragmented pieces of the Coen brothers. And they still have some familiar tropes and like Coen brothers moments, but like as a collection, as a whole, it's, it just feels, it it doesn't feel as complete as some of the other ones. And I think that's why it's not that high on my list. I guess that's a fair assessment. I, I, I actually don't disagree with that at all. That being said, the other, only other like sort of vignette kind of stuff that I can think of usually like, um, uh, what's the, um, uh, Paris Jetem, which is like they just talked to like six or seven different fi- different filmmakers, and they said your subject is Paris. Like okay. you can do whatever you want about Paris, and so then they do these things. And as a collection, it's always weird to think about like, oh, Paris Jetem is like one of my favorite movies. It's not because it's a collection of just short movies. Yeah. But there are certain of those short movies that are very memorable. Sure. And you can take something away from each one of them, but like. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think, like, if you isolated one of these, like, in a short film festival. The last one. Or any of them. Like, <laughs> how would they perform? How would they? Yeah, that's true. I think the last one would still do the best. Well, the, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they'd still be really good because even if I didn't know it was the Coen brothers, I'd be like, there's something about this that I kind of like. You know, like. <laughs> Why do I like this? I like what they're going on. I like what they're going the on. The Coen brothers me. have a very unique visual style, too. Exactly, which yeah. evokes a lot of thought and in like forces your perspective onto characters that you don't normally have in movies in my opinion yes and they have they definitely have a penchant for like um i don't want to say magical realism but there's certain magic that they are able to capture in the way that they represent like characters the way that they're presented it's Mm -hmm. just like yes they've kind of because that character is that way it like leaves an impression in the way that other characters will not Sure. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but something like that. Well, uh, the Coen Brothers are not coming out with a movie. I checked before. They're nothing. Nothing planned other than I think like some just like next movie twenty twenty or whatever. We could we could again see if we could find a western or something for emergent culture or sure. something we'll jump, else. We'll jump out real quick and we'll be right back. Yep. We're back. And we're back. And you know what? The Coen brothers do have a new movie uh, yeah, slated for, uh, it's to be, na- to, to be announced. To be announced. Dark Web. Dark Web. So this is actually, and it's based on True Events, which was the story of um, the Silk Road and Dread Pirate Roberts, which is, uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, U- Ubrecht, or U- uh, I forget who was busted as Dread Pirate Roberts, but the person who was the administrator of the Silk Road, which was a website on the Dark Web where you could buy all sorts of anything, including Illicit like stuff, yeah. yeah, like drugs, guns. You could actually uh, order an assassination. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all sorts of weird um, and you know dark webby kind of things. Like re- in real life, this is, and then so they're doing a movie on it. Yeah, so they're doing a movie. So that would be interesting because Especially again, for the Coen Brothers. Y- yeah, because I'm trying to think if they've done something that's based on real life I before, don't think so. and I don't know. I mean, there's things that that have been inspired by, but I don't know if it's actually based on. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how they do that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But anyway. Uh, anyway, thanks for... Hey, I'm glad we're back. Glad to be back. Glad, glad to be back. Hope, uh, hope you guys are ready for uh, n- another another year of great residual culture. Yeah, tell your friends. Uh, and certainly, of course, always follow us. And your us. enemies. Do we really want the enemies? Eh, maybe, I don't know. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Residual Culture Podcast um, and our song tonight. Today. Tonight. Today. It's 3.50. It's 3.50. <laughs> As always was Finder by People With Bodies. I've been Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. Get into it. Get into it.